Welcome back to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that helps results-driven people make results-driven financial decisions. And today I have a special guest, Omobi Akugo. Omobi was drafted to the Philadelphia Union, which is Philadelphia's MLS soccer team, in 2010, which just happened to be the inaugural season for the Union. He spent five years in Philly and was a starter and an integral part of the team until he moved on in 2015. He then bounced around the MLS for a couple of years before becoming a free agent and missing an entire year in 2018. So he's now back in Austin playing for Austin's USL team, which is the second tier of professional soccer in the United States. So I explored with Moby what it was like playing in Philadelphia, which has, as we know, some of the most loyal fans in the country. We then get into what it's like being an athlete and the challenges as well as the benefits it brings. We dive into what it's like being drafted to play the sport you love. And then at the same time, we explore what it's like to then be released by a team and not knowing where your fe- what your future holds. Amobi is a very driven guy and has started a company called The Frugal Athlete, which he hopes will be the go-to place for athletes to find resources that help them make smarter financial decisions. Amobi knows there have been too many athletes that have lost all of their money. So we get into that and how he's trying to help. I think I've talked long enough here, so let's just get straight into this special episode. I think you will enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Amobi Akugo. Yeah, man. So I'm a fan of yours because I was huge into the union when uh, when you first came onto the scene there. I appreciate it. Yeah. Long time ago, but it was good days. Good days. Yeah, for sure. So uh, welcome to the show, man. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been a, uh, it's a pleasure to connect. Yeah, it's cool. I found you on Wealth Tender, which I, I saw your name, Amobio Kugo, and I was like, uh, that can't be like the Amobio Kugo from the union. <laughs> <laughs> it must be a coincidence, but sure, sure enough, it was you. And then I saw you had your own podcast. So I was like, man, I got to have him on as a guest. No, most definitely. So appreciate uh, appreciate you. Well, Tender platform is pretty cool. Like been able to meet some cool people and obviously get connected to you. So um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm really rooting for uh, for them and and Brian because it's a really cool platform. I think especially with the reviews um, could be really cool. Like his whole vision of having it be like, the home advisor for advisors too. Oh really yeah. Cool. Yeah. Unless you're not getting good reviews, then, uh, right. Right. And, <laughs> and then you just uh, turn them off. <laughs> it's a no <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at first I wanted, just cause like I'm a fan, uh, honestly, um, I want to know like, what was it like, uh, getting drafted to play a sport like professionally? Cause I know I had a dream. I mean, I played soccer, in college and in high school, and I kind of wanted to be a pro, but never worked out for me. Um, I played at Ursinus, which is down the street from YSC, which I imagine you had yeah. uh, trained at before. Um, so, what was it like getting your name called to be drafted into the uh, MLS? Yeah, it was a blessing, you know, to get drafted after you know everyone wants to go pro, but uh, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, only so many people have the you know possibility of doing it so like when it was officially confirmed and your name's called it's like all the blood sweat and tears that you put in all the sacrifices that your family made um it's like okay and you know you finally get rewarded so to get drafted so young after my freshman year at ucla was just a blessing and um you know then that's when the real work had to start but um it it was it was a proud accomplishment of mine and i'm you know couldn't have changed it for the world yeah that's I can't even imagine how, how it must feel like when you hear that, like it must be such a rush. And so you went to, you, did you grow up in California then? So then you moved across the country to Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in California and then, um, had the fortunate pleasure of 
going to residency in Florida during like my high school years for the U17 national team program. And then I went to UCLA. Um, so kind of stayed close to home. It was the farthest away, but closest to home that I could go. Um, so my parents always joke with me, like I was trying to get away from them. Um, and then after my freshman year, I went pro. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So then I really want to know also, like what, like Philadelphia is pretty known for having good fans or loyal fans. What was it like playing in, uh, at, I guess it was PPL park back then. So yeah. Uh, what, what, was it like? what is it now? Is it Taylor Nane energy Subaru? What, what's it? What's it honestly, so, I've been so busy that I haven't been watching. So I, yeah. I don't really know what the name is right now. Uh, at one point it changed to the Falcon or something like that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's still PPL park. And so yeah, in my mind, yeah. always be PPL. Yeah, park. It's, oh, it's always PPL, but, yeah. um, yeah, Philly is, is, is great. You know, the fans have really embraced me. You know, I, you know, I always say I came in as a young, young boy turned into a, a young man in Philadelphia, you know, city of brotherly love. Um, not so brotherly, um, until you really like indoctrinate yourself into the city, into the culture, into the, the ethos of what it means to be like from Philadelphia. And, um, I learned that, you know, and everyone was so welcoming to me. And, you know, it's always love whenever I go back to Philly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have fans that are, we really love our athletes that love Philly. That really exactly. embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the best guy, way to put it. Yeah. The guys that, that want to, uh, you know, sort of, they can't really handle it or don't love us back. Like uh, maybe someone on the Sixers right now, uh, they get some heat. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ben Simmons talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I was actually reviewing some of like, the highlights. Like you had, you had like five goals in, in Philly. So, you know, you, you scored some, some goals playing center back and center mid. Yeah. I don't know. I got some, I got lucky, you know, uh, what they say, a blind squirrel finds a nut. You know, every now and then. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to score, you know, uh, the best goals were in front of the home crowd and like to, to celebrate with them. But, um, yeah, I wish I would have scored more. But, you know, as a center back and center mid, you you really just give the ball to the forwards so they can do all their do their magic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What was your favorite goal? What was your best goal? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, probably the first one. I mean, you know, you never forget your first, right? So uh, it was a way ago. I was in Colorado. I scored off a header on a quarter kick. And then probably my second favorite was actually we scored. I scored at home. It was like a summer game. And I was rocking one of my best friend's uh, uh, clothing lines under. Uh, so I scored and like lifted up my shirt and like gave him a shout out. So uh, that was a, like a yeah. really cool moment. Yeah, I just saw that highlight actually. Yeah, that was a good that was the one you kind of left footed it into. Uh what's that one? Uh no, no, that was a header. Oh, that was a header. Oh, that yeah, was, I scored you, a lot you, of headers. You, where you got a pie. You got a pie. Yeah, and yeah. Put it in. yeah, yeah. Then you had another one, I think maybe it was against like Dallas or something, where you you uh Oh my left foot. Slot, oh, that was slide it to the right to the right corner of Chicago, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 See, so. I know no, I know more about your goals than you do now. <laughs> Come a dime a dozen, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like, that's just so cool. Um, so like one thing I've always wondered about like professional athletes is like, you can just get uprooted and you have to like move to a new team. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like, what is that like? Cause I can't even imagine I'm such a homebody. Like, like the idea of just having to s- go and to a different part of the country and start new is like crazy. Yeah. So what's it like moving? It's, you always have to have a backpack. You know, my dad said it best, you know, as an athlete, you know, in this profession, you never, have that stability um you always have to have a backpack so it it's kind of um nervy because you always like you never really can get settled settled it's Mm -hmm. like 
there's always like there's like a saying like once you, once an athlete buys a house, get prepared to move. So that's like a like an unwritten like superstitious type of thing where you know athletes always got to be prepared to be on the go, and uh, you know just it's just what we got to deal with. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. So like I guess if you're like buying a house, like you would want to buy something that's like ready to move in, ready to move out. <laughs> yeah, quickly buy, quickly sell. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, don't 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 make it too homey because you might have to yeah. move away pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, you plant too many roots and then you gotta rip them out and go somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and then like you've been a free agent, right? You've so one thing I've always wondered too is like, what's it like getting like released from a team and then you don't know where your next job is? Oh, it's 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 tough. You know, it's like. Uh, I like, I did like a docuseries on it for my company. Like it's called like, uh, I called it a sudden death because you can't, you never really expect it. Everyone knows you're going to be done playing when you're done playing, but you usually like in most cases you think like, all right, this is going to be my last year. I'm going to time it. I'm going to, you know, make the announcement. But when you're a free agent, it's like usually at a point when you're like, you know, you're pretty confident that something's going to happen or something's going to work out for you. And it just is like nothing. So it's like a sudden death and you really don't know how to respond. So a lot of athletes really struggle with that, that, um, I don't want to say transition because in most cases they're still trying to play, uh, with that new sense of experience that they're going through. So it's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknown. And, you know, athletes for being so strong-willed and usually knowing, you know, whether they're going to be playing or not, it's it's a it's a different ball game. So uh it was tough, but I got through it. Uh luckily, yeah. you know, I have pretty strong will and had a good family support system and ended up, you know, resigning to a situation that worked for me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about the situation. So what team were you on? What happened? And like, how did it go? Yeah, so I was with uh, Portland at the time and we just got done playing two playoffs games. I played both games, played well. And uh, it was like in negotiations about restructuring my contract, signing a new one. Uh, and then our coach like quit. So then the GM and the president, like they went back to the drawing board and like everything, like all negotiations stopped with uh, with me because they were f- more focused on, all right, we got to figure out our, our direction of where we're going in terms of having a new coach. And then once they figure that out, I was kind of put to the wayside and then, um, you know, tried to talk to other teams, try to, you know, but nothing ever worked out, you know, something that they didn't like, something I didn't like from a contract standpoint. And uh, that's how you become a free agent. It's not like you decide to become one. It just happens. Right. And then you kind of go from there. Yeah, so that can totally be tough. But yeah, like having the family support system, having belief, all that kind of stuff must be so important. Oh, um, yeah, it it's, it's it's makes the difference between players that push through or players that fall by the wayside. Yeah, so then how long were you were you sitting as a free agent? I was a free agent for a whole year. Yeah, whole I, I year. Missed, yeah 2018, I didn't play. I mean, I was just staying fit. And then I, luckily, I had some other stuff that I do. So I wasn't too down and out. But yeah, that was that was my situation for 2018. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, we always I always think like, oh man, these professional athletes they have it so good, but like really there's still struggles that go on. There's still you guys are still humans. You're not you're not some superheroes out there on the field. Um, <laughs> exactly. And 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 I mean, no disrespect, but in, in soccer in the states, you know, it's not like you're getting, you know, the the humongous crazy paychecks. 
Yeah, so yeah. Soccer in the States, you're not getting paid like uh, NFL, NBA guys. You know, you got some players, you know, that are making good money. But for the most part, you're still going to have to work after you're done playing. So um, uh, it's, it's that mindset of, you know, being smart with your money, you know, taking advantage of the career that you do have to help leverage when you're done playing. Yes. Yeah, I totally, totally hear you. Um, regarding, you know, playing, like working after you play in, in sports, you're, it's like the one career where it doesn't last as long as you want it to. It comes to its natural end. So you have to be, I guess, prepared for have yeah. some sort of plan. Unless you're Tom Brady, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. sports, it, it ends at some point. Like sports is the only thing guaranteed to end in divorce. So you got to make sure you, you know, you, you prepare accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking through some of your, like your podcast episodes and I was trying to just kind of nail down like, you know, <laughs> where, why did you want to become like the frugal athlete or, you know, where did that whole idea come from? Or, or maybe like what like mistakes did you make or did you see other people making that caused you to be like, well, maybe I should change what I'm doing or I should just start like really buckling up my finances, et cetera. Yes. So the reason why I started a frugal athlete was essentially because I saw the 30 for 30 broke documentary and I wanted to use, uh, I wanted to find athletes that I could use as role models, you know, that were smarter with their money. Um, cause if you haven't, if you're not familiar with the broke documentary, it's essentially about how athletes went broke for a number of financial reasons, whether it's lack of financial literacy, shady investments, bad financial advisors, emotional blackmail, income creep, you name it. Um, so for me, you know, being interested in business and finance and marketing and entrepreneurship, I was like, who can I look at as road models or roadmaps for my own career? Like you said before, soccer in the States is not, um, you know, highly compensated compared to the big four leagues. Um, but we do make enough money and good money to, you know, hopefully give ourselves a springboard, uh, for whatever's next. So that's what it was about. And then from there, you know, I've just been able to connect with so many different people in the personal finance space and the sports business space. And just from the athlete entrepreneurship space that I highlight, you know, on a week to week basis and, you know, kind of share principles around, um, how to be smarter with your money, uh, from the athlete perspective. It wasn't necessarily about like me making a mistake. It was more about like, all right, I'm selfishly curious around how, um, you know, different athletes are doing it the right way. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't necessarily make mistakes, but you, you sort of saw, you saw the documentary and were like, wow, like how are these rich athletes throwing it all away? And then you want to make a change. So, but entertain me for a second on some of those terms you said about, um, like the emotional blackmail or the, you said some other things too. Like what, how does that work? Okay. So like emotional blackmail is essentially when like, you know, your family or friends make you feel bad for like doing certain things or making it out uh, of a certain uh, environment. So say like, you know, you're an athlete now, uh, you come from humble beginnings and now you're making a lot of money and you don't like gift them the way they think they should be gifted because they're your family and your friends and they've been, they've known you since day one. So they give you like emotional blackmail or peer pressure to like, all right, you know, you got to pay for dinner or you got to give us this or you got to give us that. And a lot of times because of that emotional blackmail, you know, family and friends pulling at your heartstrings or knowing that that relationship means a lot to you. Um, they can make you feel bad and ended up and make you end up spending money in situations where you don't want to spend. So where whether it's like a friend that wants to start a business that has no 
business acumen or no idea of like his market, but he wants to start a business and he needs, you know, $20,000 to start it. And he comes to you and you say no. And then he's like, oh, you've changed. You've gone Hollywood. Uh, you forgot about us because, you know, you made it to the league. And then now you give him the 20000 and there's nothing to be shown for it. That's emotional blackmail. Uh, income creep is where as your income increases, your expenses increase with it. So you're making a million dollars now, but your expenses are 999000 So it's like you make all this money, but you're spending it just as fast as you get it. So you're not really making as much money. And when you want to build wealth and you want to build true wealth, that income versus expense ratio needs to be bigger. Where a lot of times as income increases, expenses increases, and that gap is still is is still little. So um, terms like that, um, I'm not sure what else did you ask. Again? Uh, I then I think those were the two that I was most okay. interested in. Yeah, income creep. I mean, that can happen to anyone as they're making more exactly. money. If you just if you if you keep having your lifestyle and going up in lockstep with the amount of money you're making, then you're never going to be, I guess, saving right. Exactly. Um, yeah, and in the emotional blackmail, that's interesting. I mean, that kind of Reminds me of like maybe like Allen Iverson or something. Exactly. So like I, you know, Philly Allen Iverson was known to like go to TGI Fridays and pay for like fifty people. So I mean, you can do that, you know, every once in a while, but you can't drink from an empty cup if you're doing that week after week, after year after year. Um, it adds up. And when you're done playing and you're not making as much money as you once were, and they're still expecting those favors and handouts. Um, it's going to take from your pockets. So it, it's a tough situation that, you know, not only athletes face, but a lot of people um, that quote unquote make it. Yeah. I mean, Alan Iverson, dude's got a heart of gold, man. Like yeah. just, you can't, you just got to think he got taken advantage of a little bit and they just exploited his generosity without him. You probably never had like a real mentor that was like objectively saying like, dude, Alan, like got to stop spending all your money. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's a tough situation for a lot of athletes. Yeah. So what are some like other challenges professional athletes face then? Um, I mean, I guess those are two of the big ones. Uh, but like, I imagine there's people pulling on them from other directions too. Maybe like uh, weird investment ideas or, you know, people just trying to take advantage of them, selling them crazy wackadoo financial products, you know, things like that. Yeah, there's a, a lot of different... Um, you know, struggles that athletes face financially. I think, you know, one is, you know, the bad investments because, you know, athletes are naturally competitive. They always want more. You know, you have a professional athlete that's made it and they want to be a starter. From a starter, they want to be an all-star. From an all-star, they want to be a Hall of Famer. They want to be MVP. So you, as an athlete, you always want more. And the similar is true when it comes to investments. And that's why a lot of times, you know, you see athletes getting to bad investments because they hear these stories of like, you can 10X your money, you can 20X your money, you can 100X your money. And just athletes naturally, you know, having that hunger for more, that greed for more, uh, you know, if it, it, it helps, it, it entices them into sometimes the wrong financial decisions. Um, lack of financial literacy, you know, simply not understanding, you know, it's like, it's like asking someone that hasn't played football to understand a football playbook, you know, so from the standpoint of understanding money and deals and, you know, building out a portfolio, uh, you got to work with um, the right people to help you in your corner. 
And with that being said, you got to find the right people because a lot of people, you know, may not be trustworthy. So are they going to be transparent? Are they going to be honest? Are they going to be willing to explain things for you? Uh, which a lot of times, you know, they just take your money, take their fee and then do what they want with it. Um, so it's really important for athletes to really be the CEO of their life, not just their their playing career, but everything encompassing that. And hopefully with that, you know, with that, with platforms like a free athlete, you know, we can share more around how um, athletes are being smarter with their money. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Um, I imagine that there's got to be more, uh, more help around the literacy thing too, because I think uh, the infrastructure might not be set up for them all the time um, for financial literacy. So is there anything like you're seeing in, in leagues that are, where they're actually making a move or a push to help uh, athletes? Yeah. So a lot of the leagues now are doing a, a tremendous job. I mean, there's always more to be done, but they're doing a tremendous job of providing resources and information for athletes to, you know, really take advantage of the platform that they have to learn more about the capital that they're making, how they can, you know, properly invest it. How, how can they find deals? How can they just be smarter around their money to avoid some of the common uh, statistics around athletes that struggle uh, once they're done playing from a financial standpoint? Yeah, that's great. Um, now, do you see uh, how like how important is like the whole social media thing now for athletes, or what are some ways that athletes could should consider like starting to build up some sort of pedigree? I don't know if that's that's the right word, but for for after their career, so they have something that they can leverage. Like you clearly are doing that with your business, right? You're seeing you're you're doing your business um, on the side, and that's a, it's a great idea. But you know how important is like social media or branding or endorsements or Things oh, like that. Uh, your brand is everything, you know, your brand is everything. It's what people, you know, how people perceive you is how you represent yourself within your, your, your setting, you know, whether it's your family, your community, your team, your organization, um, and your brand can make or break you. Um, so it's really important. I'm not saying you have to like post every day, but you have to exemplify, exemplify yourself in a way that is the way that you want it to be represented. Um, because although it's not good to judge a book by its cover, a lot of times people pick books based on its cover. So your brand is everything. Uh, I really, I really stress to athletes, you know, whether or not you like to post on social media, you always have to represent yourself on social media the right way. And whatever that way is, um, for you, um, you got to do that and then double down on it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I even try and do that. I'd use, I mean, I was on Facebook for when I was younger, but then I stopped because I was like, oh, this is so, this is just like a waste of my time. It just makes me feel like weird looking at all these people on Facebook. But now I'm trying to post just for my own brand, just to, you know, be out there. You kind of have to. I just keep thinking about like after an athlete retires, like what are they going to do? Like, cause I know a lot of them, like they, they like you, you don't, you didn't necessarily finish college. So, um, I guess maybe education is not as important as it used to be like a formal education, but. I, I finished my, I finished my education. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. So after, so you went to school while you were playing? Yeah. So that was my promise. I promised I made my parents like, because I signed early after my freshman year, they didn't want me to go. Um, but I was able to, uh, because of the contract I signed with Generation Adidas, um, they covered, compensated my school. Um, so I completed my school while I was playing. Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Oh no, you're good. No worries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like for athletes that just go to the pros and then they didn't get their degree, uh, you know, maybe there's they they should go to school maybe like you did while they're playing. Yeah, I think every uh, it's not one size fits all, but I think 
uh, athletes should definitely take advantage of the free time that they have while they're playing. Because when you, if you wait till after you're done playing, first and foremost, you're not, you don't, you don't know when you're going to be done playing. So it's not like you can time it like, all right, after I'm done playing, then I'll do it. Um, I think you should do a wallet because that's when you have the most leverage and in order to meet people, in order to take advantage of your free time, in order to, you know, really maximize the opportunity that you have. Um, so whether it's taking classes, whether it's doing internships, or externships, informational interviews, definitely do it. Um, because when you're done playing, it's going to be harder to open those doors. And um, when you're done playing like, from a timing perspective, you know, you might have more responsibilities. You might have family by the time, you know, you might have, you know, less hours to really complete it. Um, so I really, I really stress to athletes, like while you're playing is when you should do the most, uh, most things like off the field. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, so, so for the frugal athlete, like what is your, what is your vision now for this? Yeah. So a frugal athlete, we wanted to be, um, think of players, tribune, penny hoarder and business insider all in the one, all in one. So we wanted to be the hub for all athlete content when it, as it pertains to financial literacy, um, personal finance, money management, and career uh, development. So hopefully through our site, you know, you can help um, athletes, student athletes, and individuals that want to be or learn from athletes about personal finance and financial literacy. I mean, that's a great vision, man. I think yeah, uh, we'll see, man. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, people like you and Wealth Tender and other uh, folks can help help me get to that point. I mean, I'm, I plan on helping as best as I can. Um, my, my little podcast here will, will share the message. And um, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of people listening that are professional athletes. Oh, <laughs> so, no, that's all good. But, uh, but I for sure would like to help you, man, follow, you, follow your story. Um, just trying to think. Like, you know Jimmy McLaughlin, right? Yeah, yeah. So we played together uh, during our time in Philadelphia. And, then, you know, soccer was very small. So we've overlapped a couple of times. Uh, we never we haven't played each other again since our Philly days, but you know he's doing well. You're both in you both in USL now. Yeah, so we're both in USL. He's in the playoffs currently, so I think uh, hopefully they, their team makes a good run this year. Yeah, that's great. He's he's a great guy. I mean, he's a he's a funny kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Playing with him in high school is fun. I actually uh, I when when he was a freshman and I was a senior at high school. Uh, when he first actually no, he was in eighth grade. I was a junior. So uh, our high school coach brought him up to like the, 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 uh, the concrete, you know, place where we were playing, like pick up uh-huh. to play with us. And I remember I was, I like tackled him or knocked him on the ground and got him all bloody. And I was like, yeah, that's your, uh, that's your introduction. Yeah. Welcome to high school. Welcome to the big leagues. Yeah, welcome yeah. to the big leagues in high school. Now look at him. He's in the big leagues. So, so yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else I could ask you that would be interesting for my audience. Just like the life of an athlete. Like, is there anything else being an athlete? That's just like something that maybe, you know, us, non-athletes don't know or don't realize no i mean uh we're regular people just like you guys i mean we just have a different schedule you know no it's it's a it's a it's a fun uh profession um very a lot of benefits um but also with that comes a lot of um different things that we have to deal with that you know non-athletes have to deal with on their own level own capacity um but yeah so that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, yep. Just just uh, average old guys, but you're on TV and you're getting your name called and you're scoring goals and you're <laughs> and you're uh, playing, doing what you love, which exactly. is really cool. Which is really that's cool. the most important thing: doing what you love and being able to compete and get play, get paid. You know, handsomely to play play a sport. It's, it's yeah. just not. It's not a. It's not a bad. It's not a bad game. Yeah, you're living lots of little kids' dream. Uh, so yeah. you're a role model for them too, for sure. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all I got for you, but I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, most definitely. Appreciate you. 
And uh, well, real quick, just um, for anyone listening, if they want to check out what you're doing, just tell them where to go. Yeah. So um, if you guys want to check me out, first and foremost, thanks again for having me on your podcast. Uh, at Amobi Says, A-M-O-B-I Says, uh, on all platforms, Twitter, link, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, um, LinkedIn, Amobi Akugo, um, at A Frugal Athlete, if you want to check that out. Um, websites, www.afrugalathlete.com www.amobiokugo.com I'm always willing to connect so hopefully catch you guys soon alright thank you for coming on no most definitely have a great day